What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Down in the Dirt podcast, where we are getting dirty talking baseball. I am your host, Carson Lee, and as always, I want to thank you guys today for joining me for episode number seven of the podcast. I'm very excited for today's episode, as I am joined by Arizona Diamondback scout Chris Carminucci. In this episode, Chris and I talk about independent baseball, which is what I am currently playing and have been playing for the last two years. For those that do not know, independent baseball is still considered professional baseball and is just another route to continue playing for those that don't get drafted or get released from an affiliated club. Chris talks about the benefits of playing independent baseball. He talks about the scouting process and how organizations assess the different leagues and players and how each fit into their philosophy. Chris talks about what a scout is looking for and how to get signed. He also dives into the process of what happens once you do get signed by an affiliated club. This is an exciting episode because Chris really opens up to to provide you guys with as much information as possible to get the most out of your career and the opportunities to continue playing professionally. I want to thank Chris for taking the time to come on and I hope you guys enjoy. After the episode, be sure to check out Chris's Instagram page and don't forget to check out his book, Sign Me, on Amazon. While you're at it, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast, the Down in the Dirt podcast. That way you get notifications whenever a new episode is released. Now on to the interview with Arizona Diamondback scout, Chris Carmanucci. Guys, so I'm here with Chris Carmanucci. Chris is a former ball player. He's also a former manager of five years, and now he is a current independent scout for the Arizona Diamondbacks, where he was just named scout of the year chris how are you doing i'm good man doing great good to be on yes sir thank you for coming on i appreciate your time uh so i want to start off how did you get into scouting once your uh managing and playing career was over yeah you know it was kind of a, a something i wasn't really necessarily looking to do you know i was an independent league manager for a number of years um i had been a gm of independent leagues I, um, I, I had owned a few of them and uh, operated a few of them and, you know, had just done everything kind of in the independent world that you could do. And um, the Diamondbacks called me one day and Kevin Towers, uh, uh, who passed away this past year, had called me and said, hey, do you want to scout for us? Uh, we have an opening. And uh, I was like, you know, of course, I, I'd, I'd love to. And, uh, you know, that was about roughly eight, 10 years ago. And uh, the road's been great, man. I, I, you know, I started out just really scouting the independent leagues and the Mexican league. Um, and, you know, now I, I scout the major leagues and minor leagues. Uh, and I oversee our independent league scouting as well, too. Cash Beecham is our uh, scout on the ground. He does uh, our, uh, you know, everyday uh, independent league scouting. I don't get to see many independent league games anymore. But uh, we, you know, I oversee the signing of our independent league players and uh, the scouting department of that. We have our own kind of separate scouting department for it because we take the, the independent league so seriously. So to answer your question, I just kind of, you know, progressed into it and it's been a lot of fun. So when you were first getting into it, was it something that you were that was kind of on your mind or were you still looking to get into Indy Paul as far as front office GM or uh, coaching still or just kind of something that just fell into your lap, I guess? 
yeah, you know, I was really done with managing and coaching an independent ball. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, you know, just had three kids and uh, a wife. And, you know, <laughs> I, I was more, more enjoying the uh, ownership operating uh, end of it. And, uh, you know, we were working on a bunch of new cities to bring some independent league teams uh, to it. And, you know, you know, my, my, my independent league experience was always on both sides. You know, it was both on managing and coaching, but also on the ownership and building up of independent leagues. And uh, you know, I worked with the great Miles Wolf and, uh, you know, guys like that to really try to bring some new franchises to both the American Association and the Can-Am League. And, you know, it wasn't again, it wasn't necessarily something that I was looking to get out of. I just I wasn't going to go back on the field again for a while uh, just because it, it wasn't a good time and, and timing for when you have a family. It's not easy. Yeah, exactly. Having a family, I'm sure, makes it really difficult, especially when you just want to stay home and be with your your wife and kids that you just had. But uh, can you go into a little bit more detail? Obviously, being an independent scout, you're you're scouting the independent leagues, independent players. But can you go into more detail of what a major league scout is? I think that might be something that people don't really realize that there's actually guys at games that are actually actively scouting current major league players and then the minor league guys as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, no problem. And, and, you know, you're right. It's something that, you know, people don't realize all the different facets of scouting. You know, you have your amateur scouts, which, you know, do the uh, high school, college and deal with the draft. I don't deal with the draft in any way. Uh, you know, my job in, in general is to see major league uh, uh, teams uh, do that coverage and also do affiliated minor league coverage. And really what that's for is we're, we're looking for a couple different things. One is free agent value. Um, who might be coming down the pike that you know won't be signed by that particular club, and who can we get? Uh, and then the other side of it is is who can we trade for? And uh, you know we, we're we're making trades and talking about trades all the time. And I always joke and say that you know 99% of what I do never comes to fruition because you know trades generally don't happen. You know it takes a lot to, for them to happen. But you know what I'm really doing is I'm looking for who can we trade for. Who's undervalued? That's a really big part of my job is to try to find the undervalued, uh, uh, play, undervalued player in the major leagues or in the minor leagues that maybe we could steal from another team. And, you know, we covet those moves. We're not a big market team. Uh, we, we need to uh, be able to uh, find the players that uh, are maybe necessarily not um, in the plans of that particular major league team and make a trade for them. And, you know, obviously like anything, you know, we've got a poker face and we want to try to uh, uh, get players for as little as we can and hopefully have as much upside as we can. So, you know, that's really the function of my job is to be out there, constantly be looking for undervalued talent, constantly, constantly be looking for who could we trade for? How can we better our team? You know, one of the things that we do as a major league team and, and most teams do this too, but we're always looking to get better. And that's why we do use the independent leagues as much as we do, by the way, because, you know, we don't care where the player comes from. Uh, we just if we see a better player than what we have, whether that be a minor league or a major league player, heck, man, we're going to grab them. We're going to do everything we can to get yeah. them. So, you know, that, that's that's the the 99 percent of what I do these days is about that. Um, now, I also I'll cover uh, some teams in Japan as well, too. Uh, I'll be over there again. Same thing. Looking for undervalued talent, looking for players that we can plug into either a minor league or a major league system. Um, same thing with Mexico, by the way. Uh, we you know, I do that, too, as well. And, you know, we covet Mexico and and uh, foreign leagues in general, because, again, we we, we want to leave no stone unturned. We want to try to do everything we can to find the players, find those diamonds in the rough that do exist. Now, you know, that's something for your listeners to understand is that. 
you know, people think, oh, you know, with, with, with the Internet and everything else, you know, there's no secrets. That's freaking wrong. You know, there are a ton of secrets. OK. And there are a ton of good players. And there, it's just about opportunity. The problem is there's not a lot of opportunity. And that's why I always tell guys, when you do get the chance with a major league organization, you got to dominate. You got to do what, what you can with what you have or you're not going to last long. So, you know, that's really the function of my job, what I do these days. And, and I love it, man. I mean, there's nothing better than, uh, you know, going to a new city. Uh, I'm in Grand Rapids right now. I'm seeing the uh, A-ball club for the uh, Cleveland Indians. And, you know, they've got a good club. And I'm looking at what they have and trying to figure out if something does come down the pike, what do we do? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a lot of information you just covered right there off the bat. That's awesome. It's funny you say that comment about Diamond in the Rough because when I was doing my research, one of the articles I read on you, that was like the first line in the paragraph that said, you know, about how you were, had the ability to find diamonds in the rough. Um, so that's pretty awesome. But can you kind of touch, when you're scouting these guys, do you have a feel for who may be available or who may be a free agent, or is it kind of just, you kind of just looking at everybody that, that's out there playing. Well, it, it, it's a great question. And first of all, it starts out, you want to find out who are the players you like. Okay. And then you put, you take the players you don't like, you put them in a bucket. And then you take the players you do like, and you put them in a bucket. And then from that player bucket of the players you like, you try to then find out, Hey, how much does this organization covet them? Are they planning on bringing him back? Will they trade them? If they'll trade them, how much will they trade them for? Or what are they looking in return? You know, a lot of major league teams overvalue what they have. They don't spend enough time on, um, you know, uh, uh, coveting what they have necessarily. And a lot of times you can grab a guy. You can you can really, you know, come in and, and find that guy that maybe is, is – and, again, I use that term all the time, is undervalued because, you know, again, the, the, the idea of finding undervalued players and finding diamonds in the rough, it, it's that same thing. You know, it's, it's, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure, you know. So, uh, you know, and for lack of a better term, man, you know, I, I look for trash all over the place, man, to try to <laughs> – because, you know, I, that, that's part of the game that I love. Uh, and, you know, look, Major League Baseball players, they're all freaking good, okay? And they all have their place within a Major League team. But who necessarily fits in better uh, with your particular organization is really the key. And that's the tough thing that, that we have to find out is, is who are the best fits. And we, we call them pieces of the puzzle. You know, who are the best players that fit in either in the minor leagues or the major leagues for what we need right now? And, you know, again, if you keep an open mind and, you know, a lot of scouts don't necessarily keep an open mind, you know, they think and a lot of organizations, by the way, don't keep an open mind when they should. They think because a player was something five years ago, well, he's still that guy. No, players change every freaking day. You know, uh, 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 not, uh, you know, players or, or scouts have to realize that players are constantly evolving. And just because a player at 22 uh, was, was not, you know, very good. That doesn't mean at 25, 26, he can't catch lightning in a bottle and get to the big leagues. He certainly can. Wow. That's awesome. That's uh, it's, it's cool that you touched on that, that age gap. Cause I think a lot of people think that, uh, you know, the younger, when you, when you're younger, that you, know, you have so much more potential and don't realize as you're still playing in these independent leagues that, once you get older, 27, 28, you still have a chance to get picked up. Now, it may be smaller, but you still have that chance to, to get into an affiliated organization. And like you said, get lightning in a bottle, have one good year, one good run, and uh, you know, still have a chance to get to the big leagues if there's a need that that, that team has. But when you said that there's, there's certain things you, you like, you have you know, your bucket of guys you do like, guys you don't like, Is that what kind of determines that? Is that more of an organizational – philosophy or is that just kind of 
your interpretation of, of the player, your scouting um, breakdown of the player, what determines that? You know, it's kind of twofold. It's it's yes, we have our organizational or or organizational idea of who will fit in the best, but you know that that's a pretty wide gamut, okay. And then you know when I'm looking, I'm looking for tools. I'm looking for upside. I'm looking for that player that you know again when you take them out of the environment that they're in that they may not necessarily be excelling at. What, what can they do with it? And, you know, that comes down a lot of times to makeup. You know, we as scouts don't necessarily like to talk about makeup because, you know, it, it's one of those things that's, um, you know, it, it's subject to whoever uh, uh, perceives it. And, you know, I, I will tell you this is I'm a big pro- proponent of finding really strong makeup players. And again, that's why I love the independent leagues. It's because you got to have strong makeup and you got to have fortitude and stick to to be able to, to survive an independent ball. Believe me, I know I was, you know, I was on those bus rides. I get it. You know what I mean? I understand. You know, let me tell you, I love, I, I, I look at it now and I love traveling in first class now because I, I was on a lot of long bus rides and everything else for a lot of years and I appreciated it all. But, you know, normally guys that come out of independent ball or guys that weren't necessarily bonus babies, they're hungry, man. And, you know, for lack of a better word, they want to shove it up somebody's butt, man. And that's the kind of idea you have to have, you know, and kind of kind of attitude you have to have to make it. And so, you know, to answer your question in, in the best form, again, you're looking for better players than what you have. But you're also looking for players that just will not take no for an answer. OK, that, you know, they will just will themselves to the big leagues now. Will alone won't get you there. Okay, I tell guys that all the time. You could want it more than anybody else, um, but you, but that alone is not going to get you there. It's got to be a combination of will, talent, and opportunity. And you know, I think some players a lot of times they think they want it. You know, they think they they really want it. You know, and I'll get calls all the time from guys that get released out of AAA or AA, and I'll and and they'll say, man, I really want to get to the big leagues, and I'll say, well. Go to independent ball, do that. And they'll say, oh, I don't want to go there. Then I say, no, you really don't want it, brother. You know, you just think you want it. You, you like the idea of wanting it. You don't really want it. You know, if you really wanted it, you'd scratch and claw and, and you know, uh, uh, you know, do whatever you can to get to that next level. And, and, you know, sometimes it takes going three steps backwards to take one step forward. And, uh, you know, that that's the idea that uh, that I look for in players is that they're they're really hungry. You got to find hungry players. You know, it's funny you say that because I've kind of come across the same situation through my career also. Uh, you know, I started in the Pecos League, and I'm sure you know all about the Pecos League and how rough, uh, just what a grind it is, you know, with the travel and then the games and whatnot. And I've had friends that, you know, have talked about playing, and, you know, they kind of talk to me about the Pecos League, and they say, oh, well, I don't want to do that. I'm better than that. And I tell them, like, man, if you want to, you really want to play, you will find a, you will take the opportunity to play and go play and run with it. And, you know, if you think you're better than the Pecos League, then play yourself out of it. You know, there's a reason you didn't get drafted. There's a reason you didn't get signed as a free agent. So if that's the case, go in the Pecos League and get yourself out of it. Put up numbers to get out of it. Uh, So I've kind of come across that same thing that you have, you know, uh, on your side with scouting guys, guys that get released. Uh, But what I didn't realize that, that you said there at the beginning of your comment was that when you're scouting these guys, you're still looking for tools. I really kind of was under the interpretation that, I guess the tools aspect was more of a high school and college kind of thing when you still have that growth. And once you get into independent ball, it's more sheer numbers and kind of a um, just a need thing at that time. I didn't realize that it was all still kind of a, a tools and development. 
Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, let me say this is, is you look for development, I would say, more when I'm looking at, say, a major league player who's young or a, a minor league player who's on the younger side. OK, uh, because, you know, they still have time to develop. Normally, there's a little bit of an age gap. You know, a 22 year old player still has a few years to be able to turn into what he's going to turn into. When it comes to independent ball, sometimes, yeah, you, I still look for tools, and I and I tell our independent league scout, Cash Beecham, all the time, get me the most toolsy guys you can because those are the guys typically with the most upside. But at, at the same time, is you also got to be game ready when you come out of independent ball because again, there's there's not the idea that you know, hey, we're going to develop you. Normally, it's we're going to throw you into the fire. You damn well better produce, and if you do, there's a 50-50 chance you're even going to stay around, you know, or even less, you know. So it, it, it ain't easy. So at the same time, is you know, you know, I, I don't sugarcoat it that you know that that teams when they sign an independent player, they're going to use and abuse them. Okay, they are. Okay, you know, we're going to do the same damn thing. Now we're not doing that to hurt anybody or anything else, but we have a need. You're getting the opportunity to fill it. Now you need to go out and, and take advantage of it and fill that need. Uh, you know, again, I want to I want to be sure you understand this because it's something that you know, teams don't sit there and say, I'm going to hurt a player. I'm going to do this. But no, they're going to ask you to take the ball, you know, probably more times than you took the ball when you were an independent ball. If you're a reliever, uh, they're going to ask you to go a few extra innings sometimes uh, to save a bullpen. If you're a starter, um, you know, if you're a catcher, you may have to catch every day, you know, and not get, a, get any time off. So, you know, it, it's really one of those things where, yes, we're looking to develop. And um, we're looking to find the best players available. But at the same time is, you know, we'll be a little more patient with an affiliated guy than we will be with an independent guy. Cause you got to be more game ready coming out of the independent leagues. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. And do you put any value onto, I guess, independent guys that have a certain number of ABs versus, you know, say a guy that's one or two years in the independent ball versus a guy that's five or six years deep in independent ball and may have, two or 3,000 ABs, and he may even be at the, the upper echelon of independent in the American or Can-Am Association versus a guy that, you know, say, just out of college and he's in the USPBL, the United Shore League, or if he's in the frontier, maybe has a 500 at bats. Is there any kind of a difference that goes into that, or is it still more just kind of what kind of tools the player has? You know, it's a combination. You know, I'd be lying to you if I told you that stats don't matter. They do. They absolutely do. Normally, the stats um, are the thing that piques our interest, okay? And then from there, it becomes scouting. And then from there, after you scout the player, it's a combination of, of, of metrics and scouting, okay? You kind of combine the two. And to answer your question a little more in depth, we're looking for – for those players that have played a long time, we're looking for blips in the screen, okay? We're looking for, well, this player hit 212 in A-ball, but then he goes to the American Association or the Frontier League or the American Association or the Can-Am or whatever, uh, or the Atlantic League, and, and, and you know, hits 290. What happened? What did he change? Uh, who did he work with? Um, we may want to hire that hitting coach you work with. You never know, you know. So we look for those things <laughs> in the screen that you know, because again, players do change. But you know, over over a period of time, players do tend to become what they're going to become. But those those blips in the screen, those changes in a guy, uh, really are uh, are things that we look for. So yeah, and to answer your question is, we absolutely value the four top independent leagues the most. Okay, you look at the American Association, you look at the Canadian League, you look at the Atlantic League, and you look at the frontier league those are kind of tops on our list always okay and then from there you have that up and coming league the, the uspbl which is really doing a nice job with uh, uh, a four-team league they have and developing some nice players then from there you look at the picos league okay 
And, you know, the biggest thing the Picos League has going against it normally is the ballparks are tough to play in. So the offensive numbers are a little skewed and sometimes the pitching numbers are, are therefore a little skewed. So, you know, we do take the league into consideration. But, shoot, if a player is putting up big numbers in, say, the Picos League, and I go, I won't go see, but if Cash Beecham goes see and sees him, says we really like this guy, we'll normally call the kid and say, listen, why don't you try to get over to the American Association or Frontier League or Atlantic League or KM and let's because we want to see you there. And we'll normally use some of our connections to try to help the player. Can't always do it, you know, because the teams you know control themselves, but. We'll, we'll normally make a call for them just to see if we can get them into a better league because, again, that's what's going to get them out of there. And, you know, players come out of the, the Picos League all the time. You know, they come out of all these leagues now because it, independent ball is not a secret anymore. And thank freaking God it's not a secret anymore because I went through <laughs> years and years and years of – listen, I, I've had arguments with people in the Major League of, uh, Baseball front office, okay, um, in the commissioner's office, all the way down to scouts at games who don't take this the, the independent ball seriously. This is a real thing. This isn't, you know, uh, somebody playing in their backyard. This isn't rec league. This isn't a beer league, okay? This is really good baseball. And actually, baseball at its purest because, again, like I said before, you have to go from an independent league into an organization and be able to play right away. There's not a lot of time for development. So that's what makes independent ball real. And, you know, some players make it, some players don't. You know, you, you look at probably the most famous player to ever come out of independent baseball, why sign Der, uh, David Peralta, okay? He was a freaking left-handed pitcher uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals. Never hit before. He's playing in the American Association, and, and you know, I keep getting calls from different managers in the American Association saying, you got to come look at this kid. I go see him, and he goes 0 for 12 the first time I see him. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I said, listen, i got to come back and see him because he didn't do anything. you know. And then I, I, I work him out at, a, at a, a tryout camp at one of Nick Belmonte's workouts down in Florida, and I like him, and we sign him. And, you know, next thing you know, he's, he's hitting 285 with 30 home runs, and, you know, he's a, a borderline all-star every single year. So, you know, uh, we, we have, just to speak to this, we have, you know, two guys right now on our 40-man roster uh, that came out of uh, the independent leagues, Ildemar Vargas, David Peralta, okay? One hits two in our lineup. The other one hits three in our lineup, okay? Both of those guys were literally traveling by, traveling by bus, one in the American Association, one in the Atlantic League, as, as you know, five, six years ago. That's It didn't take long for those guys, you know? Um, they got their opportunity. They made the best out of it, and they got to the big leagues. And, you know, we've got a ton of guys in our system now that are going to get there, too. Whether they're going to be David Peralta and Ildemaro Vargas, we'll see. That's up to them because this is where the biggest part comes in. The heart, the hustle, the desire, all those things, they have it, okay? You can't teach that necessarily. We'll see if these other guys have it. You know, we'll, we'll see if these – you know, David Peralta is a great story because, you know, he we, we put him in at high A and he hit right away. We put him in at double A, he hit right away, okay? I, I, I would be calling our office all the time and saying, listen, we got to get this guy to the big leagues. He deserves it. He deserves it. You know, Tony La Russa, who's my boss at the time, um, goes to Mobile, Alabama uh, five years ago and sees him, you know, go four for six in a, uh, a double header and says, why isn't this guy in the big leagues? And I said, I agree. And then, you know, uh, Pollock goes down with a wrist industry or wrist injury. And next thing you know, uh, David Peralta's in the big leagues and, and never stopped, never went back again. And, you know, those are the stories that, you know, warm my heart because I love to see those guys when they get the opportunity, make the best of it. Doesn't happen for everybody, but like guys like him and Ildemar Vargas, they're a big part of a of a contending, you know, uh, uh, for, close to first place team right now, which is pretty, pretty special. Man, you have you just threw a lot in there that I, I love that whole comment, the heart and hustle thing, man, it, it takes you 
a lot farther than what people people realize if you have that that grit and determination um and then you know along with the independent leagues guys don't realize what i've come across is that people really still don't understand independent ball and what it is and that it is actually professional baseball and kind of now you know, being in it for a few years i've also noticed that it's a place for a lot of guys that went to small schools to continue playing because, you know, being at a small school, they may not necessarily gotten as many looks. At, I mean, they still may have gotten looks, but maybe just not as many as a guy that's, you know, in the SEC or ACC. Um, so it's it's the chance for them to continue playing, continue their career, and it's they're just as good as everybody else that's out there. Um, so that's that's the awesome thing about independent ball. It's just, a, you know, it's, it's a place for everybody to, to get an opportunity and, like you said, put up the numbers and get yourself out of there. But so now what's the process like? This is my own curiosity, but what's the process like when you sign a guy out of an independent league that kind of determines where he starts off, you know, whether that be high A, double A, triple A, what's, what's that process like? I, mean, I guess it's sure probably just another development thing, kind of where he is along the curve. Yeah, it, it's more so who we sign is based upon our specific needs. Okay. So example, we have, we have a, um, uh, if we have a, a need in say uh, a ball, low a ball or high a ball shoot, man, we'll start with the frontier league. You know I mean? We'll jump right in um, rookie ball, you know, that, that level we'll we'll jump right in and really try to scour the, the frontier league. Cause it's the younger players who, by the way, you hit it. You hit it on the head right there. A lot of players in the smaller colleges don't get uh, scouted enough. Okay, and I think the Frontier League is so good because it finds those type players. I was one of those players. It was the only difference. So I went to Lagrange College. Okay, got my opportunity to play an independent ball, and I hit 178. So I wasn't good enough to play. Okay, so but it gave me my opportunity to figure that out. Okay, so you know if we have a need at the lower levels, normally we start with the Frontier League, start with the USPBL, uh, and then we kind of go from there. You know, Double A needs, we'll we'll go more to the American Association, uh, Atlantic League, um, even some higher A ball leagues. But but again, this is this is the thing. It's survival of the fittest, brother. We are looking for the best players available uh, and I'm the one guy that'll sit there and say I don't give a, give a crap if we gave that guy 2.8 million dollars there is a guy in the frontier league right now or the guy in the American Association that is 10 times better than this kid and has more upside and you know a lot of people get sick and tired of hearing me say that but it happens okay we're scouts we're human we make errors okay uh, we, we certainly uh, you know amateur scouts pro scouts uh, all of us we we don't always get it right so what what we have to do is be man enough to be able to say hey this player is better than what we have. And when we, we do that and we find a player, we plug him in right away. Now, from an independent league standpoint, nine times out of 10, that player is getting the opportunity simply because we have a hole to fill. You don't have a lot of extra players all the time just sitting there, you know, and uh, sitting and extended and all that. You don't have a lot, and especially game-ready players. A lot of the younger players, you know, you, know, you don't want to rush them. You don't want to send an 18-year-old kid to AAA if he's not ready. It'll kill his confidence. Why not grab a kid out of independent ball, throw him in there, and if he does well, hey, shoot, we got something. If he doesn't do well, you send him home, you know, but at least he got the opportunity, you know, and, that, and that's, that's more than he had before. Yeah, I don't think I don't think people realize how cutthroat it is. Um, just like you just said, if he goes to AAA and and sucks, then you know he goes home, and now he's left back to to square one. Um, you know, without a job, yeah, I don't think people personal. realize that. Yeah, that, that a lot of people think people realize it. it's it's you actually have to show up and perform every single day because your job is on the line. And you know, if you don't perform, then then you're going home. But and sometimes how would you perform think- really well? 
and you still don't get, you still don't stay around. And that's the tough part. That's the tough pill to swallow. And sometimes you can do everything right in this game and you still go home. And, you know, that's tough, you know, because the, the, the organization may feel like you're not as good still, even though you, you put up the numbers that uh, somebody that's younger than you or, or even got more money than you or whatever, um, uh, you know, can do. You know, that's where I come in normally and I'm fighting and clawing and, and yelling, you know, that we need to give this player an opportunity. But it's not a fair game. It's not personal, but it certainly isn't fair, man. And, uh, you know, it, that's a tough part of the game. Yeah, well, what, what kind of goes against that? I guess if you put up numbers and they're still saying you're not good enough, what kind of is the theory behind that? Where does that kind of come from? You know, it's, it's opinion based most of the time, you know, yeah. it's basically that, you know, and, and you know, normally uh, uh, people see what they want to see. So it's really hard to convince uh, most teams that the player they gave three million dollars to is not as good as the kid who's playing in Joliet right now. OK, um, you know, and, 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 you know, it takes some persuading and it, it sometimes you got to be, you know, fierce about it, you know, and uh, believe me, I've had my fair share of having to stand up for players over the years. And, you know, I, I listen, if if I, if I believe in a player, I'm going to put my name on them and I'm going to fight within our organization to get him as far as he, he can possibly take himself. But if a player doesn't hold up his end of the bargain and believe me, I know they don't do it on purpose, but then he deserves to go home. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, that's that's the part of it. And again, it's so cutthroat. It's so tough. Uh, uh, it's not mean, but it, but it's certainly tough. Exactly. How would you say that the scouting has changed over the last few years, you know, with the growth of analytics and exit velos and spin rates and all those kind of things? How has that changed your job and what you're looking for? You know, it, it's done nothing but enhance and help. OK, and I'll say this. When you have an organization like the Diamondbacks, they don't sit there and say, we're going to use analytics over our scouts opinions. OK, what they say is here are the analytics, fellas. Use it as a tool to make the best hypothesis from this. And, you know, that's really where it comes in, you know, is that so it hasn't changed anything. It's made me a better scout. It's made me be able to go back. And we talked about it before. Trends. OK, um, why did this player all of a sudden, uh, um, you know, do, do better here? Well, his launch angle changed. OK, or, you know, um, he's always been a high spin rate guy, but he wasn't uh, doing the things he needed to do to be able, you know, location wise to be able to get to the next level. So I love information. Um, I, I, you know, I I write 15 reports a day. You know, that's what you know we, we in, in, on this side of it. We got to write reports all the time. And, you know, you need the analytical backing of things to be able to sometimes formulate opinion. Now, there's other times where you look at a player, you know what he is, you know who he will be, and you feel pretty darn sure of it. But you still look at the analytics because you want to cover all the bases. So, you know, from my perspective, I think it's only helped. I think it's only enhanced. I think it's only going to continue to enhance. But I'll say this. It's because of the way our organizational philosophy is, is that, you know, that's not the analytics aren't first. The scouts are first. The analytics come in as a helper to the scouts. And but some organizations don't. Some organizations will say, you know, we don't even need scouts because we're just going to use analytics. You know, that's not. I, I, listen, you know, I, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but something my mother told me, which still holds true. If you put all your eggs in one basket, you know, you're in, you're in trouble. You know, so don't put your all your eggs in any one basket and, you know, try to use the, what's around you, the tools that you have to be able to be the best you can be. And that's really what analytics has done for me. 
And by the way, where it's changed is it's actually made report writing a lot easier because you have something to back you up. Uh, you can draw on, hey, this guy was a um, uh, an organizational player only, not a big league or even an up and down guy. But here's what changed. And you could say in, you know, in 2015, he worked with a, a, a hitting coach and he changed his launch angle. And, you know, this is what what's better for him. Or, or he he did the, he learned the slide or he learned to change up. He now throws a split something to, to and, and this is a term that, that that your listeners need to understand. As scouts, we're looking for one thing. It's a separator. It's something that separates you from the pack. OK, and sometimes analytics helps you find that separator if it's there. OK, or sometimes analytics helps you find uh, a, something that people uh, scouts think is a separator is really just a mirage. OK, it really isn't there. OK, he was getting lucky at the level he was at. And, and I hate to say, you know, luck falls into it. But sometimes, you know, you know, players get by with uh, subpar stuff and, you know, they then you look at the analytical side of it. and They're like, no, it's really it doesn't add up. This guy isn't what he is. So, you know, it, it's a combination of things and it's it, analytics are, are a great part of this game. I'm telling you, and it's something that every youngster should learn. Uh, and I know it's not the most popular thing in the world with the, some of the older scouts, but at the same time is they're even learning to utilize it. And as long as it's not jammed down your throat, it's a good thing. It's funny you say you use the word uh, separator because I remember when I was in high school and even kind of getting into college, that was the biggest thing I used to always hear was, you know, be the guy that's that's running a six, three or a guy that's, that's hitting, you know, 10 of 10 home runs and BP. Cause those are the things that just, they really catching your eye and, and can really just a guy can see that versus every other guy that's, you know, running an average 60 or hitting line drives in the gap and, and kind of just kind of falls into the pack. So it's funny you use that term. Um, but what I guess kind of go into a younger generation for like a high school kid or a college guy what, what kind of things could they do to get scouted by an amateur scout? Um, you know, for someone that is aspiring to get drafted, what kind of things could they do to make sure that they do get seen when they're playing their high school games or their college games to, to stand out to those guys? Well, you know, tools are a big thing we talked about before, but I'm going to start with that, okay? Because, you know, th there's no substitute for tools, okay? So a young player must, and I mean must, try to develop his, his skills early, okay? get as strong as arm as possible, uh, be as athletic as possible, um, you know, get, get the, you know, have as much power as possible. You know, those, those are normal things. And and by the way, let me say this. So many players run the 60 yard well, but, the, but we don't really care about the 60 when you get to the, the minor league and major league level, we care about your time from home. The first, we don't even run the 60 in, in uh, uh, professional tryouts. So, you know, a player, what they need to do is, yeah, I guess they need to be able to run the 60 because that's what an amateur scout looks at. But more importantly, Learn how to run from home plate to first base fast. You know, that's that's what we want. And, you know, be able to cut corners uh, around the base as well and be able to cut those bases. Well, those are things that will only, you know, make you you know more um, of a, a well-rounded player. And, and you know, the, the thing that, that young players can do is and, and this is this is something that not is not talked about enough. But, you know. How much, uh, what a good, per the level of which their their personality is and what their makeup is and what kind of person there is, that's something you can really control, okay? And, you know, I see sometimes young kids on social media making dumb comments and things like that. You know, they, they, they need to really be well-rounded, okay? So developing their tools, being as, as good a person as possible, 
And, you know, I'm going to say something that probably isn't popular with some of the parents, but, you know, a lot of times these, these young kids, they'll go to the school that their parents wanted them to go to. And what do they do? They, they're going to, you know, sit on the bench for two, three, four years and not really get their opportunity. My feeling is a young player, the only way they're going to develop is to go and play. Okay. You know, to, you're not going to develop, uh, uh, you know, from, from your couch. Okay. We always say that as well, too. If you're or from the bench, you're not going to be the best player you can be when you're not playing. So go somewhere you can play. Uh, exposure is better at the higher levels. That is true. Okay. But still 90% of guys are seeing these days. Okay. Scouts get out there. Video is a big part of it. Um, you know, so all those things that I just mentioned are things that the youngsters can do. But, you know, one thing they, they don't do enough of, in my opinion, these days, okay, is, you know, a lot of players become practice players, okay, where they, you know, got so used to trying out, so used to being in, um, uh, uh, you know, practice um, or um, showcase environments that they, they don't really bring it to the game, okay? And, you know, game savvy, okay, instincts, knowing how to play the game is something you can only develop by playing the game, okay, in a game format, okay? It doesn't necessarily come by, you know, being a showcase player. So, you know, another thing I can tell you is play as many games as you can, uh, you know, as a youngster. Play as many games as you can, actual real games in your backyard against your friends that you can, because I don't think that happens enough either, you know? So, um, you know, it just, you know, running the 60 and, you know, throwing from right field and everybody going to shortstop and throwing it, it's, com it's gotten completely too much of an institution institutionalized way of doing things you, you got to really go out there and play and that that's my my biggest pet peeve when it comes to younger guys is they don't get they don't play enough there's there's two things i want to touch on um off that comment but the first one is uh, like you said go somewhere where you're going to play because i get asked that a lot you know too what just from younger guys looking for advice or where they should go or how they should handle their recruiting process and that's what i say go to a school where you can play go to a junior college at that gives you a chance to play right away or go to a, a smaller four-year university because it does it does you no good if you go somewhere and you're on the bench for two or three years and you're not playing and you're just practicing every day you know not getting those game reps does you no good guys don't realize and I think this is where independent ball comes in so useful for this is that guys don't realize that they can go play these smaller schools and even if they're not getting seen as much as they would in the SEC or ACC, like I said, you know, those big schools, they can go play independent ball and they can use those college numbers to get them into independent leagues. And then they still have a chance to play professional baseball, develop, and then obviously get seen by uh, affiliate organization later on. Um, but I want to get your opinion on this because this is actually something I saw this as a tweet where I can't remember who it was, but he was a well-respected guy in the baseball community. And he said that the difference between a Latin player and an American player was that the Latins play games six days a week and practice one day a week. Whereas an American player will practice five days out of the week and play two days out of the week. Did I say that right? Yeah, I think I did. Um, so what was your opinion on that? Cause I know that kind of just goes off what you just said about guys being, showcase players and kind of the institutional, you know, idea that you have to do these showcases, all this kind of stuff, instead of just getting out there, rolling the balls out and playing every day. Yeah, no, it's exactly right. And, you know, it's something we don't do enough here in the States. They need to go out there and play. Practice is great. Okay. But, but I implore, especially uh, college coaches and, you know, uh, AAU coaches and all that stuff. If you, if you can't play a game that day, simulate a game, okay, inner squad as much as you can, make it as much about 
simulating a live game as possible because if you don't you're just going to develop guys that are robots and we don't want robots we got guys that understand the game you know understand how to run the bases there's a heck of a lot more to this game than just you know um uh, throwing and hitting okay you know there's there's a whole nuance of the game that you have to develop and it takes time to develop that and the only way in my opinion that you can develop that is through playing games so i i I agree whoever tweeted that out was very smart Uh, good 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 job on their part Yeah, I wish I remember who it was so I could give them the credit, but it's been a few months, and uh, it was just something that came to mind whenever you made that comment. Uh, but before – I only have a few more questions for you, but before we get on to those last few questions, I do want to give you a chance to talk about your book that you just came out with. Uh, it's called Sign Me, an Undrafted Ballplayer's Guide to the Independent Leagues. Um, you just released it not too long ago. I want to give you a chance to talk about that, what we can find inside that, and basically how it should be a ballplayer's uh, Bible that they should just take everywhere with them. Um, with all the information that they need. I appreciate that. You know, uh, what happened for me was I got sick and tired of explaining how good the independent leagues were to college coaches uh, or or to other major league teams. And and inevitably, I'd get a call every year that, uh, you know, a college coach would say to me, um, you know, hey, um, my player didn't get drafted. What should he do? Well, 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 what you should do is you should go play independent ball. And, you know, I just got really frustrated with the whole way that people were viewing independent ball. And, you know, thankfully I'm in a position now where I can speak to uh, about independent league baseball and people actually listen, you know, when I was in independent ball speaking about it, you know, it was like, Oh, here's just another nut who's talking about their own thing. But now that I'm kind of removed from uh, independent baseball and on the major league side of things, I can talk to it in a way that, you know, listen, it deserves its respect. It deserves its props. And, you know, the book is not only, only worth it for the player that gets that doesn't get drafted okay out of college it's also for the player that's currently playing independent baseball because in there it gives you ways to get signed um how best to showcase yourself uh, sometimes i'm a little in your face in the book you know what i mean because a lot of players you know think it's going to be easy and it's not you know yeah. uh, i'm in your face a lot to the college coaches about hey why are you telling your player not to go to the uh, independent leagues you're only hurting your player uh, but it's also for the player that gets released whether it be out of the big leagues, triple A, double A or down, you know, because they've got to understand what independent baseball is all about. And it's a great option. OK, it's not always perfect. OK, it's not always uh, uh, perfectly run and it's not it's, it's not without its flaws, but it is a great place to showcase yourself and get the opportunity to get to the next level. So, you know, I, I had this idea to write the book and uh, I was approached by a publisher. And, um, you know, from there, uh, Cecil Fielder jumped on board, Steve Delabar jumped on board, um, and um, uh, Pete and Cabilia jumped on board, who all either were independently in independent leagues and got to the big leagues or vice versa, were in the big leagues and then managed an independent ball. So it just shows, the book shows the level of respect that I have for, for in the independent leagues. It also shows you how to utilize the independent leagues, how to um, get into the independent leagues, who to call, uh, you know, the money that you can anticipate to make. Because that's a misnomer a lot of times. People don't realize, you know, they think, oh, my God, I'm going to, you know, make all this money. <laughs> not going to make crap. In independent ball. But that's not the point. You know, the point is to, um, you know, is to get to the next level. And, you know, it also what I talk about a lot in the book is is about enjoying the process. It's not always easy to enjoy the process when you're living on the floor with 18 guys. You know what I mean? In a, in a, a two bedroom house. OK, and I've been there, too. But you've got to be able to um, res- respect the process, enjoy the process. And, you know, listen, 
if the only thing you ever do is play independent baseball, that is an incredible accomplishment. Okay. And that is a step above going to, um, uh, you know, a, a really good college or playing division one, two or three college baseball, you became a professional. Okay. You're one of the elite. And, you know, so I, I give a lot of guys, a lot of credit in this book about, you know, their, their trials and tribulations about how, you know, what you have to go through to be able to make it. And, you know, I'm very, very proud of the book because it's something that, you know, has been really well received. Um, it's, it's sold thousands of books in a very short amount of time. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to do was to support the, the Scouts Foundation with MLB. So the proceeds for the book go to the Scouts Foundation because, you know, there's a lot of older scouts out there that um, uh, weren't around in the days where we actually make good money now doing what we do. So they were hurting for a time and they developed this uh, uh, major league scouting charity to be able to help them. So, you know, we're, we're giving back in that way and trying to help out. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more proud of the book. Um, it's available on Amazon. And, um, uh, you just type in sign me and it comes up and, uh, you know, I, I, I you know, obviously I'm biased, but I'm going to tell you this is that I, it's helped so many people already and it's going to continue to help people because it, it's not Shakespeare brother. You know what I mean? It's not, I'm not sitting there. Uh, you know, it's, it, I, I would be lying if I said that it was really well written. No, it, it's, it's a fact by fact way of doing this. It's in your face. It answers questions you have. It tells you, you know, what you need to do. And listen, we all need a kick in the butt sometimes, you know, when we're playing. I need a kick in the butt after, you know, 250 days on the road scouting. Sometimes I need to smack myself in the face and wake myself up. You know what I mean? So, you know, this book is a little bit of a slap in the face, a wake me up. And it's also a tribute to everybody that's ever been involved in independent leagues because, you know, don't let Major League Baseball bully anybody by putting down independent ball. That's a bunch of bull, okay? It's a great level of baseball. It's a level baseball that's real and it's only going to get better and you know the major league teams that don't scout it are idiots okay they're morons for not going out there and, and trying to sign players out of it okay uh now th those teams are few and far between now because most major league teams utilize the independent leagues in some capacity maybe not as much as we do but uh but most teams do utilize it and respect it so um again it's called sign me i'm super proud of it and i appreciate you bringing that up not a problem i'm i'm thankful that that you <clears throat> we're willing to put the information out there to help guys like, you know, me and, and my peers, my teammates uh, to help us get out of independent leagues, but also, like you said, enjoy the journey that even if this is ultimately all we do, but enjoy that journey along the way. Um, Cause I like to believe that it is, it is about the journey. It's not about the end destination, but it's about the journey you go through, you know, the memories you get to make uh, the games you play and, and the cool places you get to go. So I appreciate you uh, taking the time to write that book. Uh, just, give your insight from your scouting um, expertise to put that in there and help guys that are playing um, guys that are, you know, be rookies and start playing. And then guys that obviously are at the tail ends of their careers and trying to figure out how to stay in the game. So thank you for that. And uh, definitely going to have to go, go, go check it out and get, get one myself and uh, see what I can learn from it. Uh, but to finish off the show, I just have three uh, social media questions from a few of my followers that I want to ask you. Uh, so the first one comes from at Jasper underscore K14. He asks, he's actually from the Netherlands. So this is where he's, he's given love from the Netherlands. He says, what are you looking at when you're scouting a pitcher? Yeah, that's a great question. And by the way, Netherlands is probably one of the be most beautiful places on <laughs> For him, um, you know, when scouting a pitcher, you know, you, you start with velocity, okay? Uh, and and again, you know, most scouts won't won't tell you that they'll try to shun the velocity. The radar gun does matter, okay? Um, you've you've got to have some velo to be able to get hitters out, okay? Um, but you know, after that, it's stuff, okay? And pitchability, it's you know, 
and again, if, if we're talking independently baseball player right now, we're looking for a guy that has not only, um, uh, you know, plus 90 stuff, okay, which everybody seems to have these days, but he has pitchability. He throws strikes, okay? He can hit spots. Um, he can utilize the entire strike zone, all right? And, and again, I'll go back to this. And he pitches with some balls. You got to, okay? Because, you know, th- there's a guy, there's, there's several guys that I'll go out and see that are high-profile guys. The minute they get hit, they fold like dish towels, okay? I don't want that guy on my team. I don't want that guy around me. I want the guy that's going to get hit, going to say, you know what, I'm going to come back for more. And, you know, I'm going to show you what I got. I'm going to make an adjustment, okay? And that's like what we were talking about before. Instincts, adjustments, those are only things you can get by playing and pitching and all that stuff. But, you know, to answer the, the uh, person's question, it's, it's yes, it's about velo. It's about stuff. It's about pitchability. And it's about being able to throw strikes and command the zone. Awesome. That's good stuff right there. I definitely, especially when you're on the mound, you got to be a bulldog. You can't, uh, yep. you can't crumble under pressure. <laughs> so I love, I love that you said that. Uh, but the next one comes from at J at J Williams underscore twenty two Josh Williams. Um, he says, "Is it true that the most independent players are signed out of the Frontier League?" You, you know what? I think it changes year to year. Okay, but I'm going to say this is that the Frontier League's right up there. I think early in the season, simply because of the level of play and the fact that. Um, they start earlier. The Atlantic League gets a lot of players signed early, okay? Um, and they're normally older players with major league experience or high-level experience. Um, and I, then, then after that, I'll say the Frontier League and the American Association um, really, you know, battle it out for uh, how many players get picked up. They, you know, one of the things that, that people have to realize is those four leagues that I keep talking about – they're successful because they get good players and because the players shine, but also because they're managers, okay? A guy like Jeff Isom, guys like um, uh, Pete Incavilia, they get on the phone and they call guys like me and say, listen, you got to come sign this guy, okay? You got to come see this guy. He's really good. They're constantly pushing their their players. And, you know, it didn't used to be that way years ago at Independent Ball because nobody wanted to lose their players. They wanted to keep them and try to win for their cities, which I, which I get too. But, listen, Independent Ball should be about getting your players out, not keeping them there. And, you know, so I think the Frontier League is right up there. They do such a great job with with promoting their players, getting out there and 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 really wearing it as a badge of honor that their players get signed a lot. And I, I listen, I think uh, Bill Lee, Steve Tassler, they do such a great job in that league. So it wouldn't surprise me if um, uh, if this year they had the most, you know, you just you just never know it because it changes every year. Yeah, and I know I know Josh is going to be in uh, Evansville. I actually I played against him in college um and now we're both in the frontier league together so he's gonna be in evansville so he wanted me to ask ask that question uh but hey, the last look, one is gonna be andy mccauley one of the best managers ever in independent baseball so uh, i mean believe me he's he's amazing over there in evansville so we signed a lot of guys he, out of evansville over the years so he, and he's i got a good hands in way but i got i didn't even make the club back in 90s. <laughs> I got, I got released out of spring training, so there you go. <laughs> uh, the last one I have for you, it is uh, it's from at Cortestas, Justin Cortestas, who's also been one of my teammates. Uh, he said, what is the main difference you've seen between an affiliated guy and a guy that's in independent ball? So, you know, normally the reason a guy gets to um, independent ball out of an organization is, you know, it's it's the normal, hey, maybe he wasn't good enough, maybe he didn't put up good stats. But there are a few guys that, you know, maybe had some personality uh, defects that needed to, to, uh, a kick in the face and a kick in the teeth to be able to go to independent ball. Um, you know, I, I'll say this. I, I think there's more velocity 
in organizations than there are in independently uh, teams that I see. Okay, um, but and but let me say this: there's also a heck of a lot of pitchability. Um, and again, I'm talking from a pitcher standpoint in independent ball, and I I think where the guys who are in affiliated ball they have the velo, they have the pitchability, um, and they've been able to get the time. Sometimes it's just time, by the way, to be able to to hone their skills. And, you know, from a, an independent league standpoint, it's about winning, as we know. You know what I mean? You've you got to go out there and you got to win. So you don't always have that time to, to completely develop yourself. So, you know, it, it, it's it, the road is different for everybody when it comes to, to why they got released or why they're an independent ball or not. But, you know, a lot of times they just didn't get the opportunity. You know, they didn't get enough at bats. They didn't get a listen. If a guy got 600 at bats and, you know, hit uh, uh, 200, uh, he deserved to get released. You know, and I said it before, I deserved to get released. I didn't I didn't have what it took, but at least I got to answer that question. So, you know, it, it, the road is different for everybody. And uh, it ju it's just a matter of what you take from what you're doing and how much you can do with it. And I've known guys, by the way, who have really struggled in A-ball, have gone to uh, independent baseball, figured it out, and then gone to AAA in the big leagues and done well. So, again, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. To, I'm going to end it with the way I started the show. Just because you were one way at 22, don't think you're going to be a different way at 25. And you know what? If anybody tells you to, to quit um, and it's not in your heart to quit, tell, tell them to go screw off, okay, because you're still playing, you know? <laughs> Continue to play the game. Continue to uh, you know live on the couch if you have to. Um, do what you can to, to live out the dream. Because let me tell you, I, you know, I'll speak from experience on this. Because I see a lot of guys that are doctors and lawyers right now, and they're they're in their fifties and they're miserable, and they wish they could still play. So you know, play it as long as you possibly can. Get the most out of it. Enjoy every minute of it. Real quick, I know I said we we're going to end the show, but something that just this popped up in my head. Like I said, I want to respect your time, but uh, for those guys that are getting getting to the end. Uh, you know, maybe they're, they're losing opportunities in independent ball. What do you think about opportunities overseas as far as playing like Czech Republic, uh, Germany, Australia, you know, those, those leagues that are more, I guess, kind of their club teams. Um, yeah. Maybe the competition isn't as well, but they're still looking to play and possibly get into maybe back into independent ball or back into affiliated ball. What, what do you think about that option? I mean, obviously it's a chance to play, but what, what is like the realistic opportunities that come from that as far as you know professional baseball over here in the states let me first start with you know mexico china korea all that stuff you get the opportunity to go there you're gonna make good money you go okay and it's well scouted so those are kind of a different animal but when you're talking about going over to Europe, Italy, um, you know, I, I ran an Italian baseball federation team many years ago um, uh, in the IBL, and uh, uh, it was it was an awesome experience. I've been to the Czech Republic many times. I've seen the players over there. I've been all over Europe to see the players. When you decide to go to um, uh, Europe, you need to think of it more as a life experience, okay? Not necessarily as an opportunity where you're going to be scouted or you're going to get signed out of it, okay? Because it's not very well scouted in any way, okay? So what you need to do is you need to say, am I at the point in my career where, where it's about uh, enjoyment, it's about uh, uh, getting at bats or getting innings, but it's also about doing it in a place that I will never get to come to again, really, or play in this environment because you're treated so well. You know, the, typically all those teams are really, really good to you, and, and it's just it's a tremendous experience. Uh, so I'm all for it, but you have to be real with yourself and say, am I at a, at a point in my career where I'm willing to give up a year of potentially getting to the big leagues? Because I know where my career is going. I know I could still play, but I'm not going to get to the big leagues. You know, you know, listen, I knew myself I was not going to get to the big leagues. I wasn't good enough. So what I did was I took every opportunity to learn the game and be around as many people as I could. 
And, you know, going overseas just makes you more, you know, well-cultured and gives you an opportunity to be able to learn the game and different aspects. And, you know, learning to live in a foreign country a lot of times is a real character builder. And it's, it also makes you realize how well we have it here. And, you know, but, all, Europe in general, it's beautiful. So it's it's. Uh, uh, I've seen guys go to Mexico and and sometimes the Dominican and places like that and fold like dish towels because they can't uh, they can't handle it. But uh, Australia is great too, by the way, and it's good level of play. Um, so you know, listen, you just got to be real with yourself and know at the timing of it. You know, if you're 30, 31, 32. And, you know, you know, you're not going to get to the big leagues any longer. I always say go. OK, do it. Go get the opportunity. Enjoy it. Um, but if if you still feel like you have it in you to get to the big leagues and, you know, uh, you need to try to play in the States first. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, Chris, I want to thank you for coming on. I want to give you one last chance uh, to go ahead. Just let everybody know where they can find you if they want to follow you, either, you know, on your social media and then also where they can find the book one last time. Yeah. And, you know, uh, uh, I'm a big Instagram guy. I really enjoy it. Okay. So, uh, it, it's, you know, I'm an old man, but I've learned how to use this thing. So, um, you know, I'm at Chris Carminucci on Instagram and literally just so you know, I get hundreds, uh, if not thousands, sometimes a month DMS from people just asking questions and I love answering them. Okay. I do my best to answer them. Um, you know, I'm not going to be anybody's agent and get them a job, but I'm going to also, but I'm going to give you the best advice possible. And, you know, I'm going to be honest and open with you. So, you know, if you want to follow me on Instagram at Chris Carminucci, again, the book is available on uh, on Amazon under sign me. And, um, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, I love what everybody's doing in independent ball, man. I, I I'm one of you guys. I'm one of these guys that enjoys the, the grind more than I, I necessarily always enjoy the big league life. So I I really, really uh, my heart goes out to each and every one of you. Keep grinding and uh, uh, best of luck to you and to everybody else that's listening. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. I'll be sure I'll tag the uh, your Instagram and the Amazon page and the show notes so everybody can find them. But it's all about the grind. The grind is awesome. Grind it out, you know, and, and, and again, keep going. You know, I always tell guys, just keep it. If somebody wants you to put on a jersey, put on the damn thing, you know, play. You never exactly. know what's going to happen. So good luck exactly. to all of you. There's going to there's be a day where you can't anymore. So got to do it right. for as long as you can. Exactly. Well, Chris, I appreciate you coming on, and I'm going to sign you off right now and that is the end of the interview with chris carmanucci i just want to thank chris again for his time i appreciate him coming on and i appreciate him just sharing the knowledge with me sharing the knowledge with you guys to help all of us maximize our careers maximize our experiences here um, in baseball while we're playing this game be sure to check him out on instagram be sure to go get his book on amazon just search sign me and it should pop up if you're having trouble finding it, just send me a message and I'll help direct you to the right place so you're able to get the book. Um, yeah, guys, so that is the end of this episode. Be sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on whatever listening platform you are on, whether that's YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple uh, Podcasts, is that what it's called? Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, something like that, or Stitcher. That way, whenever a new episode does come out, you get a notification for it. Like I said, Posting may be pretty sporadic here going forward, might not be on a set schedule, so be sure, sure be sure you are subscribed so that you will get the notifications whenever a new episode is released. And I just want to thank Chris again for coming on, getting dirty with me on the Down in the Dirt podcast. Until next time, guys.